Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals featuring 430 shows with a stable of former players and local media personalities. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. What up? What up? It's me. It's me. It's Luke C, a.k.a. the Crockpot. It is Masters Week, Mr. Saber. What are we talking about? Well, we got a guest. We got the one and only Cam Rogers. He is a fellow host on the Believe Podcast Network. We're going to have him on here shortly. And then after that, just a little wrap up. We got a national championship game tonight. I want to hit on very, very quickly. And we have a trade in the NFL that just came through this afternoon that I want to get your take on. But before we get into our interview... A word from our sponsor. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Masters is here. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. What do you like this week? So as I said, it is Masters week. We're going to go with a couple of top 10 bets just to get us started here. I am going with... Cameron Smith to finish in the top 10 plus 350 at betonline.ag. He is in great form with the fourth at the Genesis Open, followed that up with the T11 at uh, the WGC Workday and T17 at the Players. Had a little bit of a setback at the World Golf Championship. He didn't make it out of the group in the match play, but uh, he finished T2 here in November and he finished fifth here in 2018. So great uh, course track record, great course, course fit. And uh, I like him uh, for, for top 10. And I'm a little bit deeper. If you're feeling a little squirrely, I'm going a little bit deeper on another top 10 here. My guy, um, Corey Connors, plus 550. Uh, he also finished T10 here in November. And uh, some pretty good form for him as well coming in. So those are my two picks this week. Cam Smith, Corey Connors, top 10. I'm going with my two guys. And I'm going top five finishes. All right. I got Tony Finau. Plus 600 to finish top five in the tournament. I really like Tony Finau. You're, you sort of uh, famously always kind of say he might not win, but he'll, he'll be around there. Uh, he finished fifth in 2019. You know, he had that crazy ankle thing that happened to him. That was 2019, oh, right? Crazy where he was celebrating and like dislocated his ankle. So I like Tony Finau. I like his shoe game. I've mentioned that in previous weeks. So I like him plus 600 to finish top five in the tournament. And I like Johnny Rahm plus six, or excuse me, plus 500 to finish top five in round one. He's top 10 guy in three of his four starts at Augusta. I like John Rahm to get out to an early start, a good start early. And I have a feeling that I will mention later on that I will like him to finish strong as well. So I'm going to put a lot of credits on those. I've won a little bit of money on the on March Madness here. So we're going to invest that back into betonline.ag. 
So head to betonline.ag with your computer or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. With us now is host of Believe in Tiger Woods, Cam Rogers, who he hosts the podcast with Bridget Whalen. Bridget's great, by the way. Just want to welcome you to the show, Cam. I know it's Masters Week. I know you're really busy, but uh, thanks for joining. What's going on, guys? Yes, happy Masters Week. It's weird to think it just happened in November, and here we are again at Augusta. So we talked about that, actually, on our podcast when we uh, wrapped the last Masters that the next major was the Masters. Right. And it's a little bit, little bit uncommon. So Luke is really more of Luke's Luke's a golf junkie. It's he loves it. So I'm going to let you two kind of go at it. I got a couple questions that I will pepper in here that are little golf related, some non-golf related, but I know Luke is just chomping at the bit dying to ask you some questions. Yeah. So uh, welcome, Cam. It's good to have you. So when you're looking at this tournament for this week, how much does having it six months ago factor in when you're looking at, you know, who's going to win and how guys are going to finish? Do you take that into account more or less or, or the same? You know, it's interesting. This will probably be, hopefully, the only time we have this scenario, right? No more pandemics for the rest of our time. So this is really a unique situation for me when analyzing this edition of the Masters. And honestly, I'm not putting a lot of stock into that November Masters. I'll be honest with you. And a big reason why is the course conditions then were just so soft and receptive and scorable. You had a record by Dustin Johnson going 20 under par. We're just not going to get that this week, guys. It's going to be firm and fast and crusty and hard as it usually is in April for this edition of the Masters. In particular, I think it could be firmer than we've seen in a very long time. And so obviously that all depends on the wind and the rain and what have you. And that can be a little bit unpredictable here on a Monday evening. But what I will say is I'm not putting a lot of stock into November. Bryson DeChambeau did not play very well then. I think he will play very well this week. Dustin Johnson won way back when. He hasn't been playing so well recently. I don't think he will finish inside the top 10 this week. So, you know, with that said, yeah, there's some hot takes for you uh, in the early going. But yeah, in terms of November, I kind of think it's a one-off, to be honest with you. Yeah. What are the weather conditions supposed to be like this week, guys? As of now, it's supposed to be pretty good in terms of sunshine and dry, and that means firm and fast conditions. There could be some rain on Friday, but again, it's a little early to really know for sure, so we'll have to keep tracking that as we go forward. Yeah, you mentioned the conditions. We got a good look at it at Augusta on Saturday for the Augusta National Women's Amateur, and uh, the Greens, they did look fast, like you said, a little bit crustier, so that's a a pretty interesting take there with the uh, conditions. So you already told us you don't think DJ is going to finish inside the top 10. Um, I'm looking at betonline.ag right now. He is the favorite at 9-1. to one. You know, out of those four or five guys, you're here to talk. I know you said you like Shambo at, uh, you know, he's coming in 11-1. to one. Spieth really climbed up after his big win last week, ending four-year drought at 11-1 to one as well. And um, John Rahm, new father, John Rahm at 12-1. to one. And JT at 12-1 to one of the five guys at the top of this list. Who do you, uh, who do you like out of those five? I'll tell you what, the uh, outright market for Jordan Spieth six months ago was drastically different than it is now, right, guys? I mean, we've already missed it now. I mean, you're getting no value with Jordan Spieth, especially after winning 
the Valero Texas Open. I'm picking John Rahm to win this week. I hate to uh, just drop the lead on you guys right here, right now, but I think he is my uh, play. I know he's one of the favorites, but here's the thing with the Masters, guys. Typically, it's one of the chalkier events on the PGA Tour schedule. The cream rises to the top at this tournament, and the lowest-ranked golfer, according to the official World Golf Rankings, to win the Masters since 2012 was 18, and that was Bubba Watson back in 2012, right? So if you want to look for a winner, look for inside the top 20 in terms of the official World Golf Rankings. John Rahm, obviously, inside that bracket, he is incredible with his driver. We know he has just great distance. He can crush par fives. He has really good course history here. He really does check all of the boxes. The only thing is like, okay, what's his mindset like after the birth of his first son or first child? And does that hinder him or does that help him? Is it a motivator or does it distract him, right? So it's hard to really handicap that as an analyst, but it is something to kind of keep in mind as we go forward here. Could fatigue be a factor? Did they hire a really great nanny to handle all that for now? I don't know. I'm too young to uh, know about kids and all that, but that's something to keep in mind there. But I do like John Rahm a lot. I think Jordan Spieth obviously is in fantastic position in terms of strokes gained total within the last five years at Augusta National. Spieth is number one. He rules this course. And so he would be tier two, if you will, uh, going off that list you just read to me. What's maybe some guys maybe that aren't going to win, right? But what, what's maybe some a couple guys, one, two, three guys that's to watch out for to be in contention? I think that's a big one right now because normally at the Masters you'll get a name or two that the that the common folk is well really at every major right. There's right. always one or two guys up there that that the that the casual fan isn't isn't used to seeing. What's some guys to watch out for this week? Yeah, here's the deal with golf, guys. It's a volatile sport. You can miss three cuts in a row and then boom, you win a tournament. Brooks Kepka has done that before, so it's one of those weird sports where you have these longer shots finishing inside the top 10 top 15 at major championships i'm not going to go too too far down the board with some of these names but in terms of relativity to jordan spieth and dustin johnson they're certainly not as well known paul casey is one of the leaders t to green within the last 90 days and that bodes well going into augusta national you've got to have your iron game on point your driver as well and if paul casey can just be field average with his putter, I think he will be a strong contender. He doesn't really have good win equity, but, you know, a top 10 finish, certainly within the realm of possibility for somebody like a Paul Casey. I like him a lot this week. Somebody else, maybe a Lee Westwood, guys. He's found the fountain of youth, a couple of runners-up finishes last month, and he's starting to trend in the right direction with his iron game. He's really not too far removed from being a year-in, year-out contender at Augusta National. He lost his game a little bit within the last couple of years, but he seems to have found something, and he typically is built for major championships. Fountain of Youth, it's here. Lee Westwood, a guy that I'm tracking as well this week. Luke is not a Lee Westwood fan. <laughs> I like those calls, though. I like I like Casey at 40-1 to 1 there. It's, it's a nice number, and uh, I believe um... – 
Lee Westwood is sitting there at 45. I'm going to go a little bit deeper for you, Saba, just, just for one to look at. That's 150. I kind of like Mark Leishman this week. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he really has a shot to win. Like you said, he's not, I believe he's in the top 20 of the world ranking. So he might not be a guy that can win, but uh, maybe a top 10 number on him. But um, that's a little bit deeper name for you. Um, and then Rory McIlroy really seems to be flying under the radar this week. He's not in the top five for the odds, not the greatest form for him. You know, any, I think many other golfer would love to have his, his recent track history, but what do you think about Rory this week trying to complete the slam? Yeah, I'm off him guys. I'm not a Rory guy this week. And I think we do put unneeded criticism on him sometimes when he misses a cut here or there, it's like, Oh my God, the world is crashing down. What's happening with Rory McIlroy, but relative to Rory standards, he's not playing very well right now. And Augusta national really isn't one of those places typically where you're going in with bad form and all of a sudden you just find it. Yeah. We have that from time to time, especially if you have a lot of course history and you have a lot of experience at this tournament. I will say Rory is one of the best in terms of playing on firm and fast conditions. In fact, he's number one in this field within the last 24 rounds. So that's something to hang your hat on. But in terms of a top 10 finish, a top 15 finish, maybe top 15 for Rory McIlroy, but you're not going to get a lot of value in that anyway. So I'm off him this week, guys. And here's the thing about golf. There's just so much talent now that, at these major championships, you have to take a stand on some guys at the top of the board on either direction, right? I like Bryson. I like Rom. I don't like JT. I don't like DJ. I don't like Rory. I mean, not everybody can finish inside the top 10, right? So you have to take those stands. And my stand on Rory is his game's not really there. The irons aren't really all that great at all. And I think probably, you know, T22 or something like that would be a finish for him this week. Not good for him, but good for other golfers on the PGA Tour, right? We like Freddie Couples to maybe mess around and make the cut this week? Hey, I'll tell you what. uh, He's not too far removed from that top 20 finish not too long ago, four years ago or so. So, I mean, he could be one of those guys who draws off the course history and finds a way. I think the firm and fast conditions this week favor somebody like Fred Couples, who doesn't hit it very far, of course. So he'll get some extra roll that way. In terms of making the cut, I could see it happening. Am I throwing money down on it? Probably not. I'm going to preface this by saying I'm a huge Brooks uh, Kepka fan. And uh, we know that he just had a knee procedure. We don't really know what the knee procedure was on March 16th. But he is in Augusta. He does plan to play this week. And he had a comment today that no restrictions on the swing, but... <laughs> walking up and down that the hilly terrain around Augusta is going to be a little bit uh, challenging for him. What do you think about Brooks this week? Yeah, so I guess there are a couple of schools of thought here in terms of Brooks Kepka. As far as daily fantasy is concerned, I'm off him. I'm not playing him. I mean, who knows what can happen on Thursday? He tweaks something and boom, he's withdrawing. But in terms of like an outright number or a top 10 number in terms of betting, yeah, why not? Because If Brooks withdraws or finishes tie for second, for example, and if you're going for the outright, either way, you're not getting money, right? So that matters there as compared to with DraftKings. So I think for Brooks, it's going to be an uphill climb for him. I haven't seen enough from him recently in terms of play that lends me to believe he's going to contend this week. The guy just had a procedure last month. And did you see the images circling on social media? I mean, it wasn't exactly encouraging. I love Brooks too, but you have to wonder if there's an element of his ego getting out of the way or getting in the way here where he's like, 
I'm going to show up anyway because everybody's writing me off. And here I am at Augusta National. And, you know, he finishes tied for 41st or something like that. That's so kind of what I see for him. I have a little insight. I was okay. watching uh, during during my lunch break today. I was watching Sports Center, and they were showing him hitting. And apparently, he has an actual brace that is installed inside of his knee. So there is a brace that is holding that ligament to. I guess it's the one that connects the kneecap, maybe. Cause they were talking about how the kneecap moves and whatever he got surgery on is keep. So there, there is, there is something holding his kneecap in place from inside of his body. And they're saying he's also going to wear some type of uh, compression sleeve embrace uh, on his leg. But what they did say is they had an orthopedist who was talking and basically the surgery that he has, the timeline that he's at, where he's at in the progression of when he had his surgery, he should literally have no issues with his swing. Hmm. So any issue that he has will be strictly with maneuvering around the course, you know, which is kind of what Luke led with. So just a little bit of insight for you guys there that the orthopedist on ESPN say he should have no restriction with the swing. Let me say, by the way, Augusta National is not an easily walkable course. I mean, the undulations and the elevation changes are quite drastic for golf standards for relative to other golf courses out there. So keep that in mind as well. Everything you just said still kind of scares me because it's the hardware, it's all of this jazz. And all I can think about is now Tiger Woods' injury because he had hardware in his leg as well. So I don't think I'm throwing cash down on Brooks this week, but honestly, that's what he wants. He wants me to talk him down so he can rise to the top. It's nice to have a little class on the water cooler. We normally don't get words like undulation. So, uh, Cam, <laughs> I just want to thank you for that one. It is the Masters this week. Patrons, and they're not tickets. They're badges that you wear. It's very fancy. I, I think that's all I got is uh, we got your official predictions from Dark Horses, and uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm out. We talked about uh, all, the, all the, the faves and everything, so. Cam, I, you know, most of the fans of the water cooler do not know this, that you are actually sort of the unofficial third member of Ooh. the water cooler. Cam is actually, he is also the digital media manager for the Believe Podcast Network, and he actually touches every single show that we put out. He does all the great artwork for the social media posts, so just want to officially thank you for that on the show and let the fans know that you're part of that. But, you know, I want to talk to you about a couple other things because golf is probably your number one love, but you're a sports guy at heart, right? Mm -hmm. You're from, are you from Baltimore? So here's a story. I'm from yeah. New England, born and raised, went to the university of Maryland, been living here, not a Patriots or Boston sports fan at all. Orioles and Ravens fan by choice. So Does that outside, make sense? no, no, it makes perfect sense because you know what? I think that uh, I am from Ohio and I am not an Ohio state fan because of Ohio state fans. So my <laughs> guess is that you are not a Patriots or a Red Sox fan because of Patriots and Red Sox fans. Yeah, it's that. And also when I was younger, I was always a contrarian 
just to go in the opposite direction. 2000, it was Bush versus Gore. I wanted Ralph Nader, who was the third party guy. I was six years old, by the way. So I didn't know what I was doing, but like, that's how I always operated. I was Mr. Contrarian and I didn't want to be a Yankees fan because I had too many friends who were Yankees fans because New York is close to New England and New Hampshire. So I was like, Baltimore makes sense, but there is some logic there. Kevin Millar, uh, I fell in love with him and his batting stance and just personality. He eventually went to the Orioles. I followed him there. And then I'm not one of those people who like likes random teams across the country. Got to stay consistent. So boom, Ravens as well. And here we are. So yeah, I will say my friends who are all Patriots fans up there, of course, Red Sox, they are obnoxious, but the Patriots haven't been great lately, so they've been quiet. Which is That's nice. right. So outside of golf, what's, what's your favorite sport to talk about? I would say football, big NFL guy. Uh, I've just been so headfirst on the PGA Tour lately that I have been so out of the loop with free agency. I've heard it's been crazy. Sam yeah. Darnold got traded today. That's right. Which is wild. And God, I hope he figures it out because so much talent, so much talent there, but uh, it just didn't work out in New York. So we'll see what happens in Carolina. I've seen you on the NFL network a couple of times. I was watching some of those videos today and I was like, man, this guy is, you are, you are an impressive, impressive guy. So let's, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Okay. The Baltimore Ravens, your favorite team. They're picking 27 in the draft in about three weeks, three and a half weeks. Let's hear what you think right now. What are the holes? Put your, put your Aussie, I guess Aussie's gone, whoever their GM is now. Put your Aussie Newsome, Newsome hat on. Uh, who, what's the holes? And, and who do you like? Maybe one or two guys in that spot at 27 if you can get your hands on them. There's nothing more frustrating for me to watch as a football fan than the opposing quarterback sitting there in the pocket, sitting there in the pocket, patting the ball and having all day to throw. And that has been the case for the Ravens for really since Elvis Doomerville and Terrell Suggs in 2014. Like, How about that guy? You like seeing that guy sit back in the pocket and throw? (laughs) (laughs) That has happened plenty of times. Hey, the Browns have a fantastic offensive line. So I give them credit there, but we just don't have a game wrecker pass rusher. And I'll be honest, guys, I don't know in terms of value, what's going to be down there at that point. I guess it'll depend if there's a run on quarterbacks in the early going and wide receivers and what have you. But my hope is we find that game changer on the defensive line to get after the quarterback because we have a good secondary, you know, with Jimmy Smith and Humphrey is fantastic out of Alabama. He's been great for us. It really comes down to that premier pass rusher. And obviously we lost Matt Judon too, because he was too expensive. So that's my key. And then also, you know, we'll see what happens at wide receiver. We need that physical basketball go up and get it wide receiver. We haven't had that since Anquan Bolden and coincidentally we won the Super Bowl with him. So those are two key things for me. Yeah, I, I definitely think I was I was looking at it and I was kind of trying to plan what you would say. And I, I think, you know, the defensive line, some sort of an, an edge presence. I really feel like you guys are probably going to end up going wide receiver. I think uh yeah. you know just to get Lamar Jackson uh some help and things like that. So I'm it, it was it, it was good that our that our minds meshed there. Last but not least, this is an easy one. Yesterday was Easter, right? What's your what's your favorite Easter candy? Or what Easter candy do you hate? Or you can tell us both. Well, it's cutting season 24/7 for me, guys. I do no added sugar as a lifestyle Ooh. choice. Wow. So 
I eat a lot of fake sugar, which probably isn't very good. A lot of stevia and all that jazz. So my parents have to get creative when they uh, get me candy. Yes, my mom still gives me an Easter basket. I was home <laughs> last weekend up in New Hampshire and uh, I got one. Favorite candy would probably be like some nice almond dark chocolate. All about that. The only thing is, guys, when I eat it at night, I think it like affects your sleep. Like it keeps you up because of the caffeine. So you got to time it out right when to eat yeah. the chocolate. Look, man, I'm in my late 30s. My, I just got an Easter basket from my mom yesterday. I love so it. There we go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it, man. She just, she, she made me, uh, she makes all kinds of homemade stuff. My mom's the best. So anyway, Cam Rogers, thank you for joining us on the water cooler. We appreciate uh, you having fun with us. One thing I will say before we sign off is, listen, I saw your, your tweet today where you talked about all the media outlets that you were that you were going to be on and for some reason i feel like you forgot to mention the water cooler i saw andrew filipponi you know up there in pittsburgh our you know our hated rival i saw some other ones didn't see the water cooler so hopefully uh, that'll make it in the next round of tweets you know what i mean oh that'll be on the thread don't you worry guys you know the character limit is so brutal and i kind of <laughs> just pick some random ones and blah 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 and yeah don't worry Plenty of pub coming your way, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate all the uh, work you guys do with us at Believe as well. It really does mean a lot. Thanks, Cam. Hey, thanks for coming. Great interview there with Cam Rogers. Yeah, it was great. You know, Cam, young guy, very knowledgeable. As I said, he hosts uh, Believe in Tiger Woods with an excellent co-host, Bridget Whalen. I, I suggest everybody listen to that. One thing that I guess we'll add to the end of this interview or now that Cam has signed off to go um, do his Andrew Filipponi interview, the Pony Express up there in Pittsburgh. We did not pick our winners. I guess I'll go first because I'm not the golf guy. And I think that people really look to you for this. Uh, so I'm going to just go ahead and say I'm with Cam. Love John Rahm. I actually picked John Rahm on our, on our master's preview in November to win he obviously didn't. Just a huge John Rahm guy. Really like him. I like what he brings to the table. Uh, I like the way he plays golf. I like his demeanor. Very cool. Very calm. Very collected. The exact opposite of me on the golf course. I like those guys. Now, don't get me wrong. I always like Tiger kind of getting pumped up and showing emotion. But what made it so cool when Tiger did that was because it was kind of the exact opposite of who he was, right? He was always this sort of like composed stalking killer on the golf course. So I like John Rahm, like what he brings to the table. Who do you like this week? Well, uh, Cam kind of talked me off some guys that I had liked. I, I haven't really narrowed it down, but I'll make a pick right here. So I, I liked DJ and I liked JT and he said he was off both those guys this week. So uh, he said he was off Bryson. So I got to stick with it. I, I think, uh, I think DJ is going to run it back. I'm going with Dustin Johnson. I, I know that that's uh very unlike me to go with the chalkiest chalk pick that the, the front runner. So I'm going with DJ to win, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Rom were able to pull it off. That's the new dad thing just scares me. Did I see that DJ's having pigs in blankets for his master's meal? I think so. I like that. dude. I fucking, I love Dustin Johnson. Love everything about him. He's a cool dude. Love it. I'd love to see DJ run it back. It's just, you know, it's tough, man. He, he he hasn't really been playing well lately, has he? No, he withdrew a uh, week before. And, and yeah, it's not, uh, as as Cam said, not in the greatest form coming in. So I just think that he he uh, 
he fits his course so well. And I just think that he's the best golfer in the group, but certainly, you know, would not be shocked to see anyone else come, uh, you know, any of those other guys that we mentioned, come, come and uh, take it. Take All it right. From so him. for official purposes, Cam Rogers and Ryan Saber like John Rahm. <laughs> Luke likes Dustin Johnson. Got it. I don't know about you. Before we get into some of these other topics, I want to touch on one other thing. I don't know about you, but I'm terrible with sunglasses. I lose them. I break them. And it's time to make your outdoor experience better with Canaan. Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code CanaanCast15 at Canaan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canaan, clearly better. All right, let's get into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, March Madness ends tonight. It wraps up. We got Baylor. We got Gonzaga. Last week, we talked about kind of who the biggest threat to Gonzaga was. I said it was Michigan, and they promptly lost. You said at the time that, you know, you thought it was Baylor. So I think just right now, any any thoughts you have over the last, you know, since we talked about the NCAA tournament, if you got nothing at all, who you got tonight? Who you going with? Yeah, I, I'd, uh, I'd like to see Baylor do it, but uh, I don't think they, they can. I just think that Gonzaga is just so much better than than just everybody else in the country. And I think they kind of got their scare in the final four. I mean, they definitely got their scare in the final four going to overtime with, um, with UCLA before the, the great shot by Suggs to, uh, to send them to the, to tonight's game. Yeah. I just think Gonzaga has too much. I, I do think Baylor's a decent matchup for him. It just depends on how they shoot. They're a decent shooting team, but if they have an off night, they, uh, you know, Gonzaga could kill him in transition all night and it'd be a long night for him. But um, I just think Gonzaga has a little bit too much for him. I'm going to go with Gonzaga. Look, these have been the best two teams all year. They kind of are going wire to wire. The one thing I'll say about the last week since the last time we talked about this, you know, Johnny Juzang has become a household name. He was obviously having a really good tournament, came out, killed Michigan. I mean, he was he was killing Gonzaga. It was a situation where – this UCLA team is interesting. Uh, you know, Johnny Juzang, I didn't realize, he's, he, he went to Kentucky. He's a transfer mm-hmm. player to UCLA. So, obviously, getting a little bit of a backstory there, I think, between Johnny Juzang and Jalen Suggs, those are probably how I'll remember. Obviously, there's still some game. There's a game to be played tonight. But those are the two players that I think I'll remember March Madness 2021 for. This whole time, I, I've thought that Gonzaga was going to win this tournament. I haven't really wavered off of it, but for some reason today I kind of woke up. I was thinking about that game with UCLA on Saturday night, which was an outstanding game. And I will say that I do not believe that it was a lucky shot that Jalen Suggs had. One very well-known national media personality immediately tweeted that it couldn't have been one of the best games of all time because it was a shot on luck. I think, you know, all buzzer beaters, especially ones that are – half court buzzer beaters are, are lucky shots. I will me? not, I will not go that far. So I thought that was a very, very poor take. What I will say is I believe the three guard triumvirate 
of Butler, Teague, and Mitchell. So you got Jared Butler, Macy Teague, and Davian Mitchell, who are the who are kind of the catalyst for Baylor. It's just for some reason I woke up today and I was thinking about that UCLA game. I've been thinking about how well Baylor's been playing. I'm going with Baylor. I think Baylor shocks the world tonight on the heels of the guard play. And I think that they win. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. Something about this Gonzaga team, I almost think it's been too easy. Too easy is the wrong word. They've kind of floated through the season. They were blowing everybody out. They've been blowing everybody out. And there's a reason why a team, and we talked about this, right? There's a reason why a team hasn't been an undefeated national championship, or national champion since 1976. It's very hard to do that. There's been a few undefeated teams that have made it to the final and lost. I think it happens again tonight. Hey, I'd love it. I love it. I'm in a pool where I was randomly assigned uh, Baylor, and uh, so it would be good for my wallet if uh, if Baylor is able to do it tonight. I'd throw a couple credits down on it. All right, let's do it. Throw twenty on the money line. BetOnline.ag. See what it is and throw it. Hell, the game doesn't. What's it's eight? It's ten after eight right now. The game doesn't start for another three hours and forty five minutes. So, um, <laughs> start and that's one the other thing. Starting the national championship game at nine twenty Eastern. Look. I'm going to be in a sleep before the game even starts. Probably. I mean, I know I'm getting old, but you know, that game's going to one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I probably won't see the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> you probably won't see halftime, bro. You got a toddler and an infant. So, all right, let's move to the NFL. Big trade, huge trade. I guess we'll say, I don't know if it's huge from a football perspective and a standings perspective, but I think it brings some clarity to a few question marks that have been out there. Sam Darnold was traded to the Panthers this afternoon for a sixth round pick in 2021 and a second and fourth in 2022. So he was basically traded for three draft picks. You know, I think it brings clarity to, I think everybody already knew what the jets were going to kind of do at two there. They expected them to, you know, either take, Zach Wilson or one of the other quarterbacks. We're not going to go down that road again. You and I talked at nauseum about that last week, but I think it also brings some clarity to maybe what Atlanta's going to do. I believe, and I've seen this is a pretty popular take on Twitter right now, but I believe I was thinking this before I saw it that Carolina was 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 calling Tampa, or excuse me, was calling Atlanta. And I believe that Atlanta said, you know what, we're, we're not trading out. So I, I think that Atlanta is going to take a quarterback. And this is something that you and I have kind of talked about a little bit over the past couple months, you know, how they're handling Matt Ryan and things like that. I think now basically what, what, you're, what, what I'm seeing there is I think they're going to draft Trey Lance, right? Because I think they see him potentially as a project. So I really believe, honestly, right now, we'll see what happens at three. Justin Fields may end up slipping. So we'll, we'll see. It's it's great. The whole thing is crazy to me. Just give me your thoughts on Donald to the Panthers, implications, the price that the Panthers paid for it, just overall thoughts. Well, is are we even sure that Darnold's better than uh, Teddy Bridgewater? I'm just looking at it now. He's you know, Darnold finished 31st in that uh, EPA CPOE composite and Teddy Bridgewater finished 15th <laughs> on the season. So I, I'm not even sure that he's a better quarterback. 
I think he's better than Zach Wilson. Uh, I don't know if I'm willing to go there. Um, God, you're drinking. You're drinking the Kool Aid, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I. I. I think he's a. I think he's a good prospect. Um, and I think that you're. These guys have no ties to Sam Darnold. Okay, so it's a new coach. He wants. He wants his own guy. That you know they see something that they like. So I don't really have. You know, I, I'm not going to go that far. I just. I'm just not sure. Like, and I'm not even. Sam Darnold's younger than Joe Burrow. So can they treat him like a more advanced, like essentially rookie and just try and undo all the damage that Adam Case has done? If there's anyone that can do it, it's Joe Brady, right? Offensive savant. So, you know, if they just, you know, he's going to get a natural bump just from that alone. Um, I did see a report uh, from Ian Rappaport that they were the sole suitor. So what are you giving up three picks for, including a second rounder for next, next year? I, could uh, could a third rounder and 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 a, and a fifth this year instead of a sixth have done this? I, I I don't know. It just seemed like it was too much to give up, and I also don't think that this precludes them from drafting Justin Fields if he does happen to slip to eight. I, I you know, I, I don't think that that's really going to happen. You know, I'm not even sure if Mac Jones gets there, but whatever we know is they 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 saw that trade from. Uh, San Francisco, when they moved up and they like, okay, we're, we're not drafting a quarterback. So they, they, they went to the trade market. They could trade out if he get if he slips the eight and gets more capital. They could. I'm, <laughs> it gives them more flexibility. I'm not, I don't think he's a better, I, I, I would much rather have Justin Fields. I, I don't disagree with you. Right. What I would say is, I, I think this is, we're going to get an opportunity. Look, Carolina's offensive line isn't that great. So they obviously need to address that in the draft. So Sam Darnold, I, I, from an offensive line perspective, I don't know if, you know, he's going to necessarily a better situation, but clearly Carolina has a better defense. They have better skill position with Robbie Anderson, who he's played with, with DJ Moore. They have one of the top two or three offensive weapons in all of football and Christian McCaffrey. So from an offensive perspective, he's clearly taking a step up. I think from a coaching standpoint, you already touched on it. I mean, it's apples and orangutans. Let's be honest. I, you know, and, and you're right. The, the guys in the, in the Jets organization, Sala and uh, what's his name? Joe Douglas, the GM. They, they had no ties to Sam Darnold. And you know what? They're they're putting their money in whoever they draft it to. And you know what? It makes sense. I'm happy for Sam Darnold. I think it gives him an opportunity to be for a fresh start. And I agree with your take. He's still young enough that it, this is almost like Carolina's drafting him. And, you know, they're drafting a guy with a little bit of NFL experience. I mean, let's be honest. You talk about it's three picks. Sixth round picks, man. You know it doesn't matter. So really, that they, they, they're they're trading their two picks next year. Those are the two picks of value. I yeah, I'm just I'm just not sure that if they were really were the sole suitor, or or, you know, I don't know why I don't know why they had to give up so much. It's you know I even said in the report, you know, the compensation just kept creeping up and creeping up, and it's like, why? Who are you bidding against? You know that the Jets are taking a quarterback at two. We know that. Um, you, the Panthers, knew specifically that Darnold was available because they were in negotiations with them. So I don't. I just don't understand. It feels like it just felt like a desperate move. I, I I like the move for Sam Darnold. Great for the Jets to get what they got. 
I'm not, I'm just not totally sure what Matt rules doing. I think the language that they were the sole suitor, my guess is they probably weren't the sole suitor. My guess is they were probably the only team that was making a serious offer or maybe new England was calling, right? If I'm the jets, I'm not trading Sam Darnold to new England. Right. If all of a sudden, so, so maybe new England called and said, look, we'll give you a third rounder for him. Well, that's a serious offer, but I'm not, I'm not trading into new England. So they're not a suitor. And then maybe a team called and said, look, we'll give you, we'll give you a fourth and a fifth next year for him. I think that the Panthers were the only team that was making a realistic offer that was within the ballpark of what the jets were considering. So I think Rappaport, look, I, I trust Ian Rappaport. I'm not suggesting that he's putting, you know, negative or, or, or inaccurate information out there. I just think that you need to look, read a little bit more into what, uh, you know, what soul suitor actually means. So happy for Sam Donald. We'll see what happens. He's going to a good football team. He's going to a team that's moving in the right direction and hopefully he can be part of the part of the solution there and not add more problems. Yeah. Hopefully I wish him the best. So in the coming weeks, we're going to start doing some draft prep. We, we did quarterbacks last week. I think maybe we'll start talking about some more position groups in the, in the coming weeks. We got three weeks from Thursday. Our live draft show is on 429 on Thursday nights. Uh, we are either, I talked about this last week, we're either going to do something live and location at Stumble Stiltskins in Greensboro, depending on the the Wi-Fi situation that's still the logistics is still under under uh, consideration. We are coordinating with Brian Hernandez from Zero Dark Nerdy and our friends at Stumble Stiltskin. So we'll see what happens there. More information to come in the next few weeks. We're really going to start pumping that out on social. So we'd appreciate it. Fans, if you would help pump that out as well. We got really good viewership on the episode or the, the live draft cast that we did last year. So hopefully we can, we can do even better this year. Don't forget at WC sports pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like follow, subscribe, Luke, what are your social media handles? At three, three Oh Luke on Twitter at Luke ETC on Instagram. And if you want to game a little bit, I'm on sometimes at uh, murder ducky. I am Mr. Sabertooth everywhere so you can find me mr sabertooth we are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms itunes google spotify anywhere that you consume podcasts you can find us we are also brought to you by the believe podcast network number one podcast network for professionals check us out today at believe.com that's b-l-e-a-v and as always we are presented by betonline.ag and our newest sponsor, Canaan Sunglasses. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. It's Masters Week, baby. Somebody suck me.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.